This very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore is brought to you by our generous listener supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you appreciate what we do and would like to join them, go to dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Patreon. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us this very special bonus call-in episode of the show. Fourth bonus call-in episode of the show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and seated next to me, the lovely, talented, dedicated, wonderful, wondrous, celebratory co-host, Brittany Page. That was beautiful. <laughs> Good job. I was trying to work something in there about St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And I'm not that smart. I couldn't do it. Well, you did it now, and that's what's <laughs> more important, is you finally did it somehow. I finally pulled it off. Very well, good. as mentioned moments ago, seconds ago, this is our fourth call-in episode that we've done, except this time, we're doing it live for the YouTubes, mm-hmm. so people know when we're on the phone calls. Yes. So they don't just have to... Because normally what we do... We'll sit in the room, mm-hmm. flip on the mics, announce on Twitter that we're taking calls. Right. And there might be five or six or seven minutes between calls. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this is a little different. Hopefully there's some, uh, not as much delay. Yes. Hopefully on our fifth time doing this, fourth time doing this, <laughs> fourth time, fourth time doing this, we, uh, do it more successfully. I, we can only hope. Yes. No guarantees. Practice makes perfect. We will see what is in store. Mm-hmm. Let's let's turn these phone lines on and get to it. Thanks for calling. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Jose. I'm coming from Los Angeles. Hey, thanks for calling. What can we help you with? How what we what can we help you with like you're at a Lowe's? <laughs> <laughs> No, it was actually, um, first off, let me tell you that I'm a big time fan. I've actually been watching your um, videos for a long time now. And uh, I've always considered a delight every time that I get to see the uh, Tommy Lahren, the takedown of Tommy Lahren. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, no, um, well, I did end up having a question, though. Um, the whole gun control right now that is actually being moved on, it's a very serious issue. Um... What I wanted to know is, what are your thoughts on, um, okay, they do end up doing this in gun, uh, gun legislation so that they could actually, um, so that assault rifles and all those get banned. However, the big question about it is that, well, here's the thing. Um, back, back when there was um, the alcohol ban, there, there was still alcohol being gotten under, um, basically under um, illegally. Right. Do you do you think that we would actually get a movement like that again? This time with assault rifles, and if that's the case, then um, how can this um, how can all this gun ban and everything actually help uh, help to stop that? 
Well, um, I don't think there's a one-to-one comparison with prohibition and and guns, for instance. Well, first of all, let me say, and uh, the, the audience at, at, at large knows, I'm not opposed to the ownership of, of guns. Uh, I think I, I think that we do have, uh, well, it's obvious we have a fundamental right to own firearms in the Constitution under the Second Amendment. Um, because, let me take your logic one step further. Worrying about a, bla- a large, bla- robust black market in assault weapons is, I don't think, so much of a concern because there's not a robust... Uh, black market right now for um, anti-tank weapons and surface-to-air missile silos and nuclear. I mean, there's a lot that, lots of things that we're not allowed to own legally under, the, under, under law that uh, no one's clamoring for and there's not a black market for. Now, the, the, the fervor for the AR-15, which was once banned, there wasn't a, a, a black market for it then either, which was it expired in 2004. But prior to that, when it was illegal for the, those ten years, um, it there wasn't a black market. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I, I don't listen. There, we're never unless we uh, um, take away the Second Amendment, repeal the Second Amendment. We're never going to completely uh, do away with the weapons being in circulation. the The point of it is to, as a policy measure lessen the likelihood of these kinds of uh, massacres happening in the future. No, no, I'm, I'm 100% in favor of it. As a matter of fact, um, I think that um, a background check would actually help out a lot more. And, uh, you know, any, um, anything to actually help out in that kind of a situation. I've actually been um, all for gun control for a long time. And it's not, that, not necessarily that I'm actually up against anything that has to do with guns. But it has it has actually gotten me worried that once people actually consider that that is illegal, then all of a sudden the black market starts moving them a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's certainly a concern. It'll be something that we have to deal with. But um, you know, it's it's not quite the same element because we're not legislating morality with you know drinking and and such. So uh, anyway, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for watching the videos. Um, I appreciate you. <laughs> No, I appreciate you guys, as a matter of fact. All right. Have a good Saturday. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. That's actually a legitimate concern. You, you think know. so? I mean, well, it's a legitimate to talk about it. I don't know that it's a legitimate relative to the it's going to happen, that there's going to be some crazy black market. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a saying among gun, gun nuts that uh, when you, when you uh, make – firearms illegal then only criminals will own guns mm-hmm. you know i don't know how it's it's more paranoia than anything else another call thanks for calling the show who is this and where are you calling from hi there my name is christopher from minnesota christopher from minnesota hello christopher hi there um i'm calling in real quick because i wanted to discuss about the more investigation and also the Stormy Daniels things that seem to be coming ahead for this administration. Yeah. Now, my my personal thoughts is that I think it's pretty likely that President Trump will probably be leaving office um, with before his term comes to an end. Uh, there seems to be too many things happening all at once, yeah. too many scandals happening all at once. That I think it's really, really unlikely that someone of not just his intellect, but even if it was someone smarter, 
someone who was more, uh, you know, manipulative would have a very difficult time maneuvering around this. Um, so that said, I was curious, though, what your guys' perspective was that when the base sees, you know, the fall of Donald Trump and this fall of Trumpism, where do you think the base of Donald Trump would go eventually? Because they're eventually going to either double down or they're going to move to a different kind of ideology with their own destructive behaviors. What do you think that would go? Well, I wonder if someone will step in and be another Trump-esque figure uh, to kind of fill that role and continue doing for that base what Trump is doing for that base, mm. right? Um, because they're not just going to go for normal people anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's brought the radical fringe of the right yeah. more into a palatable zone, kind of. It's not in the middle, but a lot of these wing nuts mm-hmm. have kind of adopted it as the new normal right to the point where if if someone like john Kasich is running they think he's like a democrat right, right. they don't exactly. want they don't want to even deal with him he's no Brittany. he's not a democrat he's a fucking cuck yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i think you i think you bring up a great point actually because you know me and my friends we've discussed a lot we've noticed the trend within uh the country that a lot of right-wingers seem to be no, a lot of conservatives seem to be going to a far right-wing extremism, while left, uh, you know, uh, Democrats seem to be becoming more centralist. While pre, you know, previous generation of uh, Democrats during the Obama administration seem to become more uh, extreme leftist in many ways. Do you, do you guys see that pattern at all? Uh, I do see that. I think the Democratic Party certainly has swung farther left, but um... and I think they're trying. There's characters there too that are trying to pull people further left as well yeah and i listen i I think that that is just a i think that's just kind of a symptom of modernity moving you know to kind of taking care of one another it it was one thing to have these these rugged individualist ideas surrounding libertarianism when you lived 20 minutes or a day's ride from your nearest neighbor, and you had to be self-reliant, and you you had to be that kind of a character, you know, that rugged frontiersman, kind of a Daniel Boone type. Yeah. Well, we, we don't fucking have that anymore. That's not the way things are. And uh, libertarianism largely doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, I don't well, know. Great. That was, that was a, <laughs> yeah, that was a great answer to my questions, actually. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Christopher. We appreciate you calling in. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, brother. We should be telling everyone happy St. Patrick's Day. We should, shouldn't we? You're wearing green. By coincidence, I'm Uh, wearing green. Oh, is it a coincidence? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) The shirt I wanted to wear was not clean. The green shirt that you wanted to wear. That's right. It had science, says science, and it's Kelly green. And it was not clean. It was not clean. Mm-hmm. It, it it had a very Jesse D smell to it. Uh-oh. From previous wearings. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yikes. So, that's good. Two, two solid calls. Yeah. And uh, someone in the chat said, you guys are doing a service just by allowing the public to vent. Uh, uh, that's, Ju- Julius. That is largely, not largely, that is a, definitely an element of what we do. 
Yeah, I think that it, I think it's great. Uh, it's something that we love to do on the podcast. Those of you that are watching that don't know what this is, it's uh, the podcast. And we love hearing from people, hearing how they're feeling. And looks like we have another one. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. Who is this and where are you calling from? It's your uh, brown brother from the uh, other side of the Atlantic. <laughs> Wayne. Loyal listener, my friend, you right? Wayne from the UK. How can we help you, fine gentleman? <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm not going to use my um, trademark trademark word um, today because I don't want you to get demonetized. Thank you, uh, sir. So my question to you <laughs> is: What do you think about what's going on over here at the moment from the reporting that you've seen? Uh, what's going on over there related to what exactly? There's, uh, there's always the something going kind on. Of Salisbury, Russia, um, nerve agent poisoning. Mm. Oh yeah, I was. It was either that or the royal wedding that I know you're just <laughs> obsessed with, Wayne. Um, oh. Listen, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I think I, I think see, he apologizes for it. Sorry about that, everybody. Hey, um, I I think it's it is appalling. And and I'm glad that the, the the that your government is taking steps to thoroughly investigate, especially the second case, because it could be argued that this this second guy who was like 67 years old and was found dead in his apartment, they or in his flat, as you would say, they would say, hey, well, you know, he was old. It's not necessarily um, something to to really worry about. But I'm glad that Scotland Yard is in there, or maybe it's even. Um, what would MI five? Is that what that would be in there investigating, or is it just the local municipality? Uh, it, it, it might be the MIBs. We don't know. Yeah. Well, it's good that they're they're really looking into it because you cannot have a a, a hostile foreign enemy rotating in people. Because clearly, those who murdered them are probably not there anymore. They've they've gone back to Russia to escape any kind of detection. Um, and you can't have a foreign power like that assassinating willy-nilly people that they don't like the opinions of, that they don't that used to be in service. It's it's uh those are the machinations for war. And we, you got well, do, you know, do you know do you know what I think the problem is? Hmm. We we look like a soft touch. Yeah. Because we've got Brexit going on right now, which kind of means that we're distancing ourselves from the EU. Our you know, our, our partners after World War Two, the people that we joined in with, we, we look like a soft touch. Now we're isolating ourselves by saying, oh, look, this this has happened on our soil. We're going to like um, kick out some diplomats. Russia, in turn, kicked out the exact same number of diplomats, which is completely, it's, it's ridiculous well, why, why, why they've done that. Let me, let me ask you, uh, though, Wayne, it, Wayne, let me ask you. On. Um, you're worried about look, being perceived as a soft touch or maybe that you are being a soft touch. H- how would you, what kind of retaliatory action or what measure sh- do you suggest to be taken other than what they've done? Because short of military conflict, w- really, what are you going to do? Uh, well, the thing is, uh, the city of London is kind of a, a haven for dirty Russian money. Now, sure. If we were to kind of clamp down on the the laundering, which is going on massively and gone on for years here, that would hurt Putin more than um, throwing out a few diplomats. It's just a token gesture. 
Now, if we were to um, actually clamp down on the, the, the Soviet money, he's greasing the wheels of things that are going on over here, it would actually hurt Putin more. Because the thing is, he has reportedly taken so much money out of um, his own country and laundered it over here for, sure, for his yes. own benefit. Well, that's why, listen, that is why, and I don't know if you have a Magnitsky Act type of situation. Yes, we do. We do. We do. We do. But the conservatives are blocking it. That is fucking ridiculous. That absolutely needs to be um, championed by the people of, of, of Britain because it is one way. It, it is the, 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 the key feature that is causing Vladimir Putin so much heartburn because he's not able to shift and, and and sort his money in a more clandestine way and it is yeah. it's definitely a problem so going back to what wayne said though about the soft touch when russia is saying and they are saying that if there's further unfriendly actions that there's going to be a problem they are responding to what the uk is doing right mm -hmm. they they feel it is unfriendly that's the word they're using so do they need to go further or is russia getting the message with what they've done well well for, for, for me the fact that we look so weak we look like that li that little leaf that's about to blow away with regards to the eu with regards to nato we we look that weak that russia are now taking this opportunity to kind of go eh not so much, go away. And we look at that. And the biggest issue for me is I'm an Arsenal fan and we've just drawn CSK Moscow in the Europe Cup, which means we've got to go to Russia wow. to play a game. Well, maybe sport will be the diplomatic element that you need, Wayne. No, no, but, but seriously, like, our, our, our Arsenal fans are fearful of going to Russia for the repercussions of this political fallout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there, there, there is history of Russian fans attacking English fans at the last World Cup in France. And it kind of has these um, political ramifications based on what's going on politically that then transmogrifies into the, the fans' response in football. It's, it's, it's so silly that we're having... These worries, like our politicians, our powers that be, are actually having these kind of ramifications with regards to football fans. Yeah, football fans are genuinely scared of going to another country just to watch a game of football because of all this stuff that is, that's that's gone on. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Thanks for anyway. I'll let you guys get on. Thank you very much for taking my call. Lovely to talk to you at a normal hour of the day. <laughs> we love you, brother. Bye, Wayne. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, we'll just take the next call rolling in. Thanks for calling. Who is this and where are you calling from? How you doing? This is Julius. I'm from Queens, New York. Julius from Queens, New York. Hello. What's on your mind today? How's it going? So I see you. I haven't uh, been watching you guys for too long. I actually recently discovered you I, I want to say about two three weeks ago and i was uh very very impressed like I, I i like your style i dig everything that you're saying and it's just refreshing to see how do they say that like a media personality speak the truth you know even a couple of minutes ago when you said no he's a fucking cook like i i, I love it like I, i'm the one in the chat that said i think you guys are doing a real service and 
you know, not to sound too corny or anything, but it really should be applauded because a lot of people are knocking at the knees. We got goose steppers everywhere. We got all types of craziness going on. Yeah. And it's almost like people, the, uh, how you would say, what do they used to tell us as kids, civics and all of that? It's almost like the civic spirit has been reduced to, you know, knocking at the knees. And I don't understand this. I, I hate to say it. I don't hate to say it this way. It's just so divisive. But if Hillary or Obama would have done half of the half of the half, yeah, yeah. or just been accused of half of this, it would be, you know, people would be losing their minds. Well, so Ju- Julius, we Julius, have, Julius, um, what, what, what I think, sorry. what I think you're losing sight of, Julius, is, <laughs> but her emails, <laughs> there were deleted <laughs> emails, Julius. Look, I know Donald Trump is banging, I know Donald Trump is banging porn stars left and right, and 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 cheating on Melania while she's having a kid, his baby, and and uh, colluding with Russians uh, financially and electorally. But you got to remember the emails, <laughs> the emails. Well, I am 37 <laughs> years old right now today. Well, happy what birthday. What that effectively means, oh, no, it's not a happy occasion at all. Like oh. I'm literally going gray and receding at the same time. <laughs> That's a good look for men, uh, right? It's it's okay for that for men, right? Yes, um, sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, at 37 years of age, I grew up, and anyone near my age, you grew up seeing this heaving hatred for specifically Hillary Clinton. Yeah, sure. But also her husband. Like, there's always talk about what he did, Monica, this, that, and the other, right? I'm shocked to fucking, sorry, I'm shocked to see so-called regular media, mean non-Fox, uh, you know, regular guys, the MSNBC, the people on CBS. I'm shocked to see that people are actually pivoting away from giving this orange bastard the third degree. Yeah. The third degree. Like, they, they, they are actually saying in the media now that this is not about the affair. It's really about the payments and da-da-da-da-da. Bill Clinton must be somewhere pulling his fucking hair out. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm one that I don't give uh, Donald Trump a pass because it's two consenting adults because Melania wasn't consenting. And whatever dirty no, trash. He's whatever he's, he's got the receipt for her. That's right. Whatever dirty trash that Donald Trump has dripping off his off his little Donald isn't she's not consenting to that. So it's it is a problem. Anyway, listen, Julius, thank you for the call. We, we, I'm sorry. We, we've got sorry. a shit ton of calls coming in, so we appreciate you calling. Care, Thank, Thank you, up. Julius. All right. So before we go to the next call, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what he said there because that is um, an interesting point and this kind of inconsistency between how Republicans felt about the Clintons in the past mm-hmm. and how they're viewing this Stormy Daniels affair now. And 70% of Democrats found credible Daniels' um, account found her account credible Mm -hmm. of the affair with Trump in 2006, while just 11% of Republicans said the same. Okay. So majority Democrats find the story credible. Only 11% of Republicans feel that that is credible. Okay. (laughs) And then if he did have an affair, 82% of Democrats said that it would be immoral compared with 54% of, of Republicans. Okay. Um, 54% of Republicans would feel that's immoral. 
What's going on with the evangelical community? That's exactly right. Oh, we're going to give a mulligan on this one. Right? Well, and then the other thing I hear from Christians all the time is, well, you know, Jesus forgives. Yeah, but you have to ask for forgiveness. You're not just automatically, like even when, with the sinner's prayer and being born again, you have to confess with your mouth. And believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, I think I'm going to be a little preacher in here, <laughs> that, that Jesus is the son of God, uh, and yeah. then you're saved. Mm -hmm. It's not just, it's freely given, but you got to ask for it. Donald Trump has never fucking asked for forgiveness for anything mm -hmm. in his goddamn life. Two Corinthians. Two Corinthians. Let's move on to a call. Thanks for calling. You're on the air. Who is this and where are you calling from? Oh my gosh, this is Brian from Oregon. Brian from Oregon. Hello, Brian. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. It's what? wonderful to talk to you guys. It's Good great to talk, to talk to you. you. What's on your mind? Oh, well, just want to call and, you know, just uh, to say I appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing on the air. I listen to you every day or whenever you guys put your podcast out. And uh, just thanks for being a clarifying and supporting voice in the crazy-ass fucked up times we're going through right now. No, oh, we appreciate so. it. It's uh we are, you know, we just we just celebrated our fourth anniversary on of the show and we um it is something we talked about last episode. We really we we do appreciate the fact that we have an audience because it we are moving the conversation forward together, not just me and Brittany doing it. It's it's that's why we take calls. That's why we have voice memos and voicemails played on the show because team we want effort. Yeah, it is a team effort. It is mm -hmm. a god it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. So, we appreciate it, Brian. Yeah, and you know, just I'm glad you guys like welcome certain people in who actually have like really interesting points of view because like there's stuff that I think that I have all the answers to and it's just kind of like, well, shit. That's I mean, somebody else has like you know a better explanation for it. Yeah, listen, that's you're that's you're singing my tune, brother. Because I'm uh, I'm I'm wrong. I mean, if you listen to the to the four years of this show, I went from something com completely different than I am now. I started that, that was my my uh, origination point. Well, why can't everybody be like Brian and recognize that there are people out there that have things to say that my they can learn from, right? Yeah. And okay. that it's okay, Brittany, right? Brittany, yes. I just can I just say something? Yes. You may may want to be careful before you say that about me, because <laughs> you know, uh, I just and I just want to say this. Um, I don't know if you remember or not. I'm the guy who admits to like ripping them on the airplane in the subway. Okay. Oh. You know what? I take everything I just said back, <laughs> and you disgust me, sir. <laughs> I, I know. I know. How and dare you, sir? And my wife have so much in common about. Yeah. Well, just any normal thinking person has that in common with me and your wife. <laughs> I have. I have the drop. I played it over him, but just so he hears it. How dare you, sir? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. <laughs> anyway, um, I just want to say, Jesse, I discovered you about a year ago. I think on one of your YouTube videos and when you were doing a takedown of Tommy Laren. Mm -hmm. And I saw that I saw your picture and I was just kind of like, and I had this preconceived judgment in my head. I'm like, this guy looks like a conservative. <laughs> Who is this but I'm like, wait a minute. I watched the video. I'm like, no, wait a minute. He's actually like, you know, ripping on Tommy Laren here. I'm like, yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. He just has a Republican face. <laughs> I just, I just have one of those dumb faces, I guess. <laughs> but, but, but no, you're totally awesome. My wife and I love you. We listen to you every time. So keep it up, guys. Please, please keep it up. Thanks, Brian. We Thank appreciate you. the call. No problem. Have a great day, guys. You too. Hey, happy St. Patty's Day. <laughs>
Oh, um, yeah, tomorrow's my birthday, too. I, uh... And happy birthday. Happy birthday. I hope, I hope no one farts near you in public. <laughs> All right, well, brother. Brittany, I don't care if anybody farts around me. I don't have a sense of smell. Mm. Oh, see, that's not, so. that's just not. <laughs> not cool. All right. Not cool. <laughs> not cool. All, All right, right, brother. Bye. <laughs> wow. People who don't understand the background there are probably like, why is she threatening him with public farts? But um, <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's because he admitted to doing that. That's, That's right. On a previous email, please turn oh. your radio down. Ooh. Thanks for calling. Sorry who, about that. Who is this and where are you calling from? Um. Uh, my name is Joey. I'm calling from Perth, Western Australia, but formerly from Chicago. Joey, Champaign, Illinois. Joey from Western Australia. Perfect. Hi, Joey. Yeah. I'll make. Let me la- make a Hi. lame. Let me make a lame radio joke. Ah, it's Joey calling from the future. Everybody, good times. <laughs> Wacky morning zoo here. Oh Jesus. All right. I got that out of my 3 system. I am kind of already drunk from from St. Patty's Day, so we're all good. Uh, how can we help you, brother? Um, so my question is this, I, I, I put in the chat, but primarily my biggest thing is, is that as an American living abroad, first off, my favorite thing that everyone always says is, so how do you feel about Trump is the <laughs> standard go-to for everyone. Yeah. But, um, my biggest thing is, is that you see on CNN and MSNBC, basically the common conception is, is that everyone always goes, um, you know, basically Australia had this thing happen in 1993 and was able to pass, sorry, 1996 and pass laws in 1999 about the mass shootings. What do you feel it will take? I mean, we've already had such a horrible tragedy with Sandy Hook. What will it take for us to be able to pass appropriate gun laws to the point where like a buyback program like Australia passed? Hmm. Well, I think I think it's not productive. This isn't to shit on your point, but uh, I think it's not productive to look all the way ahead uh, to that type of a point. I think we need to fight this war battle by battle and take take ground where we can. If we if we if our end state, our end goal is to do something like Australia did, um, then we need to do it appropriately. And by appropriately, I mean effectively. There needs to be efficacy within the effort. And um, looking all the way ahead, it's hard to start at point A when you're looking at point Z. You know what I mean? It's also hard to look at other countries Mm -hmm. as a model and say, well, how can we do what they did and have it be implemented as successfully in the United States as it was in the other country because of the difference in cultures and the gun culture that exists in the United States. And there's a reason the gun culture does exist here mm-hmm. from from just a historic standpoint. I right. mean, it's it's a it's a multifaceted issue we're dealing with. Um do, do you have ideas? Do you Yeah, solve this problem for us right now, Joey. We're making history here, well, Joey. Well, I mean, primarily the problem is is that as someone that lived in, well, I mean, as it's been shoved down my throat several times when people hear my accent, is that, well, Chicago, isn't that like one of the worst places to live with gun violence? Yeah. It's like, I, I, was lucky, I was lucky enough to live on the north side. But either way, um, the fact is, is like, I mean, I understand with the Second Amendment and everything like that, but people sit there and it's outside of our country, the... The same people go, but that law was written when 
a gun could only shoot one every three minutes, not one. I mean, not 30 every minute or something, you know, something drastic like that. Like how are Americans unable to evolve? And that's our biggest thing is like, that's how people outside our country looks like us. No, listen, I, uh, I agree with you. It it is, um, it's a battle we fight, not just amongst ourselves, but also kind of, a a public relations battle with the rest of the world looking at us like we're absolute fucking barbarians. And in a lot of ways, there's validity to that viewpoint. <laughs> you know, it's uh, owning a- an AR-15 because you feel like, you know, you, you live out in the middle of the woods and uh, or even in a rural community and you think that, they're, you know, this the, the gang of spies is going to roll in and hold you hostage. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these ideas of grandeur that there's such danger everywhere when, you know, violent crime largely is, is decreasing. Well, going back to what Joey said in the beginning of his call, where he's always asked as an American living abroad what his opinion is about Donald Trump, <laughs> I think that many people are curious because I was speaking to someone who is from Korea and they were saying that the election of Donald Trump makes them like suspect, <laughs> wonder about Americans yeah. and what's really going on. So I think that people who don't live here want to talk to Americans about it and be like, what's up like why'd you guys do this how'd this well, happen <laughs> the, the, the problem with that and joey could speak to this better than me but i think it's difficult to to explain our electoral system the electoral college specifically yes, to people I have in a way because it, it seems it's cumbersome and archaic and undemocratic in so many ways. Well, I, I started to get into that. I'm like, well, he didn't win the popular vote and he only won the electoral call. And they're just like, what? No, I just give me a short answer of how, what's wrong yeah, with how Americans. Does that, <laughs> how does that get explained uh, or how is that received uh, where you are, Joey? I mean, basically, the the biggest thing I hear uh, from my fellow people here in Western Australia, because I've lived in both countries for nearly half my life. I was originally born in America, but then moved here until I was like eight years old. Um, the biggest thing is that, you know, the non-requirement, we have compulsory voting here in Australia. And as a yeah. citizen, I actually happen to be a dual citizen, is that not only do you have compulsory voting, but they also have preference voting. So the fact is, if you vote for one party and that party doesn't make it through, then they'll pass their votes on. So, so like a I mean, is a it like a, that's closest to them. Is it like a ranked choice voting? Is that what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you go ahead and vote for our version of the Democrats, which is a labor party, then um, – and sorry, if you vote for, like, say, a minor party, say, like, the Greens, they go – the closest party to us is the, the labor party. So we'll go ahead and pass our votes on to them. Right, but you, so but, but, still, but, but, but you also have a parliamentary, a parliamentary system there. Yeah, absolutely. So Which you're not is, voting for the, the actual person. You're right. voting for the party yeah, to control yeah. because the person can be thrown out whether they've had like eight prime ministers in the last six years. Right. God forbid we ever did that in America. Yeah. But um, the biggest thing is, is that they, they go, you're wasting your votes. And also the biggest thing is like, what do you mean you don't have to vote? They don't even understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trump, baby. We have that guy too. Yeah. So. Good times. Well, yeah. Joey, thanks yeah. for the call. Well, I do appreciate your... Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. No, I do appreciate your time. I, I watch every podcast on the other side of the world. Thank you very much, and you guys are awesome. Well, hang on one one second, Joey. You know that the podcast yep. is not just the video, that we have the, the audio version you should subscribe to on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music. 
which is a twice a week audio podcast just like this except with no video look at that plug absolutely i get it i i get it delivered every time all right good time <laughs> awesome thanks brother well, thank you very much guys you have a thing bye awesome. bye that's well, good. A lot mm-hmm. of international action. Yes, anything, very good. Anything going on in the in the old YouTube chat in not, between calls? Um, not so far, but it, right. it's good to know that um, people can call internationally because I think that uh, someone had asked that in the chat before they called. So that's good. Awesome. Someone said they were trying to call, but there's so many calls that they had a difficult time getting through. Joey was one of them. He had called over and over and over. And they were going to ask if either of us had watched the Red Pill documentary and what we thought about it. Isn't that the MRA documentary? I believe that is the MRA documentary. I I got... MRA meaning Men's Rights Activists. I got... What did I make? I do not know. Eight, nine minutes in and I couldn't take it anymore? I'm not sure. Yeah. I watched no more than that yeah for sure i guess we'll talk about it later that's right thanks for calling who is this and uh, where are you from uh this is walter walter hey Stephen. hey steven Steven. how are you (laughs) man bro listen i just i got so much stuff going on here and i'm watching your i'm watching you now and it's weird it's like uh i'm way behind bro like way behind in the, the, in the even, on the YouTube in the uh, video. Like, oh, it, yeah. yeah, it's not even live, man. Uh, uh, it's terrible. That's I technology. Turned you guys on. <laughs> well, how can, <laughs> how, how can we help you, brother? Man, um, so I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on all the moves in the, um, you know, in the White House with all the firing wow. and stuff. Uh, looks like uh, Trump's trying to push his new guy through. What you guys think about that? Well, it is, uh, it's chaotic to say the least. What I find most amusing, then I'll talk about it, is, is, is the fact that Donald Trump is trying to put this out there like it's his plan all along. He, oh, I like the chaos because it brings new perspectives, which is a ridiculous assertion. Is he because, saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Because Donald Trump can't even be disagreed with on policy matters inside or outside of a room where he is. You, mm-hmm. He has to be treated with reverence and and almost deified yeah or he gets all butt hurt and crosses his arms like a weirdo <laughs> yeah so exactly but listen I, I i think it is it is troubling it is troubling because as bad as tillerson was we're gonna get pompeo now as bad as some of these yeah. actors were we're gonna lose like for instance gary Cohn, the chief uh, white house economic advisor now we got a fucking TV celebrity, a celebrity economist from Fox News. Um, oh, my God. And <laughs> what, what is happening? Right. He, he, he nominated KT McFarland for a, 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 a position within the National Security Council. He and then when she she was found to have plagiarized, she was also a Fox News person. Right. And then she was nominated to be the the ambassador to Singapore. Right. And then that got squared away and put down. Well, it's naturally going to get worse because the prerequisite for employment is um, applauding Donald Trump and loving what he does. So if if we're this far into it and you're someone who is still applauding what he's doing and loving what he does, then 
Jesus Christ, that's yeah. a problem, you know. Um, <laughs> well, it's like John Kelly. At least these, at least these people who got in there early, like they have, you know, we can give them kind of the benefit of the doubt, I guess, that they didn't know how bad things were going to get or whatever they yeah, could say. Well, they get but nominated. now these people that are in there, they know this has been yeah. a year. You know what's going on, and you're still choosing to praise him. You're choosing to go do this, you know. And it's not for. It, it's not like yeah. they have good intentions. Like, oh, I'm going to get in there and really try to. <laughs> you know, change the course of things. Well, on the campaign, when he said, it's going to be so easy to be presidential, I'm going to be so presidential, I, so easy. They may have believed him. Like, oh yeah, maybe he'll clean up his act right. and not be such a right. a dick face. Yeah. And then he gets in there and like, oh mm. shit, no, he can't do it. Yeah. Now you know. Yes. This is it. Right. We have, you know, Twitter McGee yeah. as president of the United States. <laughs> we do. Twitter <laughs> McGee. Right. Okay. Well, I guess my next question is now, uh, I am uh, what they, I call myself a believer. I don't even call myself a Christian anymore. Um, I dissociate myself from that and part of certain religions because of um, just every the examples that Christian um, believers live and they don't really live it out. They really don't walk it. Sure. And so I try to distance myself from that. And uh, I just want you guys perspective or take on the overwhelming support from Christians still, well, given I, all the evidence and all the scandals I would, and all the, you know. Well, Walter, I would, I, would, I would dial, and this is someone who's not a believer saying this, I would dial that back a little bit. I don't think the overwhelming, mm-hmm. now, if, you, if we're going to start, you know, classifying Christians, the overwhelming mm. majority of evangelicals certainly mm. support Donald Trump blindly, like a cult. However, not all Christians, yeah. not even the majority. 73% of America, conservatively, is Christian. But and mm. and he only he only enjoys like 32% of the of the country is okay with what he's doing right now. That doesn't equal the majority of Christians. The majority of Christians are decent, noble, normal people who see through this farce of a human. Yeah. Yeah. So, but as far as to answer, as far as evangelicals is concerned, it's, it's uh, not surprising, but it's still just shocking hypocrisy. Yeah. It's shocking to watch them go on TV and (laughs) talk about the Stormy Daniels affair. Like, yeah, we're just going to give him a mulligan and they they wouldn't be saying this. Oh, if it was Obama, Oh, Paul's, you know, mute. Yeah. uh, We, we, yeah, we would have. Sure. No, you wouldn't bro. (laughs) You wouldn't have done that. You know, Um, sorry to interrupt you, Brittany, but I mean, but I have these, conversations with uh, my brothers and sisters and and people who may not share the same faith to me i just people people i i mean i've seen more righteousness and and i guess uh, a higher moral stance from those who don't even believe in what i believe and i try to i guess hold hold my brothers and sisters accountable like the world is watching and you saying evangelicals, but I have people who consider themselves believers, and we get in debates all the time about this. Yeah. And they, and they, and they even told me before he was, uh, you know, president, before he was elected, I would show these people through videos the things that he would say that goes against our beliefs and our faith. Like this, this guy is literally lying to you to get your vote. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's so odd. It, it, it is so odd for me, you know, having been a Christian for, you know, many most of my life, that, mm. you know, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, judge not lest ye be judged, and with what judge, which right. level of judgment you mete out to others will be meted upon you. Take the plank out of your eye before you go looking at the speck in your brother's or sister's <laughs> eye. Well, Part of that, and I, we, we talked Dalimore's about this. taking us to church right now. That's right. But we, we talked about this earlier, and that is you have to be, you have to ask for forgiveness before it is given. You're not saved. Exactly. You're not saved by virtue of the fact that you're, that you have sinned and you're a creation of God, according to the Bible. You have to ask for forgiveness. You have to, you have to invite Christ into your life and your heart and to be your personal Lord and Savior. You know, blah, blah, blah. But isn't it enough? Donald and Trump yeah. did eat the little cracker and he drank the little wine. Isn't that right, enough? I drink my little wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. and, I, and, I, and I pointed that out to some believers, too. And I was like, you know, his, his book is I forgot the author of the book, but it's, it's titled uh, uh, something. What is it? The, uh, the, the belief of positive thinking. The power and that aligns the, the, with the power of right, positive like thinking. That, the power. Yes. The power of positive thinking. Now, doesn't that align with uh, laws of attraction? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like Brittany was now, saying. That's yes, not Christianity, is it? That's what like Brittany was saying the other day. It's like the secret. All you have to do is just have a yeah. have a bulletin board with pictures of a Lamborghini on it, and you're going to get a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get a Lamborghini, right. right? So that's part of the reason why he eats fast food every day. As long as he believes he's healthy, he's healthy. Yeah, I I wouldn't. Uh, I bet you he couldn't quote three scriptures in the Bible. Yeah. Anyway. No. He couldn't even tell you what his favorite scripture is. I'm sure of it. He'll probably just sit in the room with a, a bunch of Christians again and sit with his Bible and hold it up in the air like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. too many I'm, to I'm choose so from. Holy. That's what he would say. There's too many for me to choose. Uh, I don't know. So many scriptures. They're, oh, all, they're, so all, they're all so good. <laughs> there's, there's no bigger Christian in the world, believe me. <laughs> believe, believe me. <laughs> all right, Walter. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, brother. Right, we brother. appreciate you. No problem, y'all. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, it's good that there that there's kind of a consensus, mm-hmm. at least around our audience, mm-hmm. that it is rank hypocrisy to act like Donald Trump is some Christian or covered mm-hmm. by these other evangelicals. Yeah, well, and we've had some uh, Christians on the show for bonus episodes. Mark Trailer, mm-hmm. um, a pastor in Boise, Idaho, and our, also Mark Russell. And uh, I think that Christians like those men get frustrated yeah. with the Christian community and their support of Donald Trump, very yeah. much like Walter. All right. <laughs> we also have the live stream going, so I guess I will talk while you figure out what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for calling. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hello, this is Zane from Tennessee. Hey. Hello. Uh, I was wondering what y'all thought about Mike being an evangelical following Donald Trump. Uh, wow. What, what this was the is, question? What do we think about Mike Pence being an evangelical and having followed Donald Trump? Oh, well, he's joining the ranks of what all the other leaders in the evangelical Christian community are doing, which is um, enabling the president because they feel like the the things that he can accomplish on their behalf 
it's more important than who is actually in there, I think. So as long as he got Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, um, as long as he's advocating for Christians in a public way, (laughs) it doesn't really matter if he's genuinely a Christian or upholds their principles. It's more about ensuring their status and their place on the stage there. Yeah, there's no... Because they're worried about it. There seems to be zero concern for making a deal with the devil as long as you get what you think you want. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. And I agree with that. Well, then that is... Look th- at how easy this was. That is a perfect call. <laughs> that is that is the perfect call right there. What do you think about this? This is what we think. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate. We love Tennessee. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that's good. Yeah. I like it when they go easy like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because oftentimes calls about Mike Pence can be yeah, not that easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another call. Thanks for calling. Who is this and where are you calling from? Uh, this is John Peterson. I'm calling from uh, northwestern Pennsylvania. John Hello. Peterson. How can we help you, sir? So I just wanted to ask you, do you think tomorrow night that uh, we're going to really get some earth-shattering uh, information out of Stormy Daniels? Uh, I don't think it's tomorrow night. I think it's the following Sunday. Yes, yeah, the following Sunday. And no. And no, I don't think we're going to get anything earth-shattering out of her. Um, one of the reasons why is because if it was like something big deal, they would want to get this thing on the air. Instead, they're teasing it, and when you hear the lawyer talk on, I don't think, well, let me put it this way. There's going to be a lot of damaging information, for sure, but I don't think it's going to be anything that changes anyone's mind one way or the other. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think well, do you think that, now that you've reminded me, it's not tomorrow night, so do you think they're putting it off, hoping that some... Uh, resolution comes to it or you know the the reins are taken off of her and she's able to say something then or well i think it's actually it, it's actually gotten the interviews already in the can it's actually gotten worse for her since they announced that she's going to be on 60 minutes because now she's being sued for 20 million dollars and, and donald um, trump has joined the lawsuit which right, confirms right that he indeed did have a relationship that he wants kept quiet right so it, it's not as the, i don't think that I don't think 60 minutes would be in cahoots with Stormy Daniels to try to get her into a better position in her lawsuit with with Donald Trump. Um, I think I think they're probably just trying to ratchet up as as many views as they can, honestly, um, to get as many eyes on it as possible, because it is in the news. And now that this 20 million dollar lawsuit is coming at her, they're reporting on that in 60 minutes is in the headline. Right. Um, So they're they're just trying to generate views in my view. The other thing is, though. Um, where there is some some stuff that's going to happen, it's going to happen later on down the line because it's part of the system and how it works, is Avenetti, the lawyer for Stormy Daniels, a.k.a., or actually it's Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels, he <laughs> he he pretty much just goaded and, and challenged, he dared them to sue, and now that they've sued... It goes to discovery where each side gets to do depositions and gets access to documents and phone records and everything else. It is ridiculous that they're suing and that Donald Trump joined this lawsuit because now the Stormy Daniels team 
And his, her lawyer is not some ambulance chaser. This guy is Ivy League educated, a big time powerful attorney who is responsible for one of the largest settlements in California history. He's a big deal. Um, he's well, he, I'll tell you what, he, he's a he, pit bull. Uh, he just pointedly said in an interview in the last couple of days, no equivocation, that. Uh, uh, Donald Trump absolutely knew about that payment to her. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't pull any punches about it. I mean, yeah. so if he's going to say something like that, you got to know he knows what he's talking about. But, uh, I mean, and when it comes right down to it, this is really a distraction from the important story. And uh, I just hope Mueller uh, ends up finishing the job. He, me, thanks, thanks, guys. We appreciate the call thanks, very much, John. John. Uh Mueller is, for everybody's edification, is doing the job. He's not going to get distracted by this shiny object that is Stormy Daniels in this controversy. He may be looking into it eventually, but he's got a team of rock-solid investigators with decades and decades of experience. They're not going to be deterred from the facts or at the crimes at hand. Mm -hmm. So, good call. (laughs) Get a little nervous when it's uh when it's the Pennsylvania area. Like, ooh, what's what's this gonna be? Really? <laughs> Makes you feel nervous? No. Come on. It was really. Uh, yes. I don't know. Didn't you, I'm sweating right now. Yeah. It's flop sweat. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this has been good. I like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's we great. should uh, we should do these more often. I think that they are they are. Uh, informative for us it's good for the audience get some some different opinions some good questions and uh hopefully entertain some folks along the way does that mean we're wrapping it up here uh give it another 10 minutes or so see how things go all right we're gonna be back here tomorrow for everybody's knowledge we're gonna live stream uh the the regular episode of the show I think we're going to be doing it at 4 p.m. rather than 6.30, a little earlier, Mm -hmm. um, just to mix things up. Mm -hmm. Another call. Thanks for calling. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hi there. My name is Jonathan. I'm calling in from Minnesota. I did have a quick question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering, what do you guys think of the uh, conservatism that stands today in America, especially for you, Jesse, where you were formerly a conservative at one point in time what do you how do you perceive uh, conservatism today well um conservatism has been jerked very far to the right we we talked about it early on in the show that the donald trump effect has kind of dragged into the center falsely dragged it into this it may it seems normal this white nationalist movement and and these fringe characters who before would have been laughed at. Listen, a guy named Pat Buchanan ran for president in 1996, and he had a campaign manager named Larry Pratt. Now, Larry Pratt is the executive director of the Gun Owners of America. The GOA is even more radical than the NRA. And when it was found out that Larry Pratt had given a speech where there were white supremacists in attendance, it fucking sank the campaign immediately. Now, because Donald Trump and the fast food uh, celebrity culture that we live in and the, the reality TV culture that we have, it kind of legitimized Donald Trump in the mind of many. And I don't believe he really has any ideology politically, um, but he knows enough about 
the American people and the 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 unwashed, uneducated, low information voter that he adopted t- these people to set, to put around himself. So, do you think that it's fair to characterize the majority of conservatives as Donald Trump conservatives? Because I would say I would say no. Not as an not as an ideological viewpoint, mm-hmm. but I kind of separate ideology and then party preference. Mm-hmm. Most, well, one of the things that I was most, wondering at the same time is that uh, conservatism as it, as it stands today seems to be willing to some degree, much more willing to accept this extremism that's going on. So I'm wondering, why do you think that's happening? Why do you think that conservatism is so... Uh, not necessarily enamored, but like vulnerable to this kind of propaganda, this kind of influence, this white supremacy, all these issues of racism, uh, bigotry, hatred. Why do you think it's influencing conservatism so well? well? I guess I would ask who who you're talking about. Are you talking about Paul Ryan, who's not standing up to Donald Trump, not speaking out against I, his behavior? Yeah. Because I wouldn't say it's politicians, though. I would say it's the people, specifically the constituents. Okay, well, because when I see the leaders in the movement, people like Bill Crystal or yeah, I don't know, thought leaders, Tom Tom Nichols, um, these people are dissenters, and they are not happy with the direction that many people in the Republican Party are taking in not denouncing Donald Trump, in supporting Donald Trump. I think there are pillars in the conservative community that are thought leaders, that are trying to speak out, that are trying to get people to come to their senses. And whether they're being successful or not, I don't know. Well, I would say this. (laughs) But I know that many of those people laugh off the uh, Trump puppets that are on those those panels on TV. But I don't consider them conservative. Conservative. The the Trump puppets. Yeah. Yeah. Like this guy. Donald Trump, baby. That that guy's not conservative. That guy's a Republican who's following Donald Trump. If you advocate for tariffs and abandoning decades of free trade policy, you're not a conservative. You're you're an isolationist. You're a protectionist. Um, there are conservative being conservative. It's an ideology of this is. I think our, our country would be better moving forward under these kind of principles. If you abandon those principles, you're no longer conservative. You're some other fucking thing. You're you're just you're Trumpian. You're you know you, you know what I mean, Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually. So I this kind of leads to my final question then, which is considering that, you know, you've got these isolationism or whatever you want to call them, these Trump supporters that exist within conservatism, do you think that the there's an inevitable outcome? What do you think is the inevitable outcome for conservatism itself, hmm. where the conservative ideology seems to be influenced by these outside parties so easily and seems to be pulling away its constituents? What do you think is going to happen to it? Well, I would... Um... I would caution you to think that it's only conservatism that is so vulnerable to influence because liberalism is equally filled with people who will sway which with, with, with whatever way the wind blows. Um, yes, yeah, so I suppose I asked the wrong question. My question was more like, what do you, what, what do you think would happen to conservatism? Because right now it's happening to conservatism. It could happen to liberals later down the line. I'm wondering what's the issue that's causing, what's the common issue that's going on within the constituents that's allowing them to be influenced by this? Um, I, I, I think primarily 
It is the election of Barack Obama and white people got fucking scared that they were no longer going to be in power. And there's the saying that when, when the scales start to level a little bit, equality seems like oppression. And, and I think that's what happened. People got, they, they freaked out. Oh shit. A black guy is president. Um, and they want to take a hard jerk to the other side. And it's, so, you know, I think largely it's 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 race related. I think that explains mm. the I think that explains the issue, but I think to answer Jonathan's question what the issue is is there seems to be a breakdown in what the like party platform is for the Republican Party. So, um I've I've seen people like Tom Nichols say that the Republican Party will not survive Donald Trump's presidency, especially if he gets reelected. Yeah, but that's a different issue. That's the Republican Party, not conservatism. That that's why I have a hard time answering the question because mm-hmm. uh, I believe I said that's this. A good point. I said that's this. A very good point. I said this for a long time yeah. during mm-hmm. the election. The Repo- Republican Party is dead. It's it is dead. There is no Republican Party anymore. Mm-hmm. And as long that as these Republicans continue to deflect and defend and provide cover for Donald Trump, it's just nailing another nail in the coffin of their party. Now, conservatism is a different thing, I think. So are conservatives going to go and form a new party? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you just mentioned some names. Tom Nichols, um, Bill Crystal. These are pillars. They are thought leaders within conservatism. Mm-hmm. And they're good men. They're not. These aren't assholes who, who, who want to toss grandma off of Social Security. They, they just have a different idea about how to run the country. They're not hateful. They're not racist, as right. evidenced by their opposition, their stalwart opposition to Donald Trump. Right. So I, I, I'm sorry I can't give you a definite answer. I don't know. Maybe we, we, we didn't define terms enough. Yeah, (laughs) possibly. And probably it's yet to be written in history as well. I I was also kind of curious that if, you know, by the sounds of it, it sounds like you think that a lot of it is people resisting change to some degree. Is that what it sounds like to me? Uh, yeah, I, I think largely for sure. I mean, you know, that's it was the the clarion call of Donald Trump's campaign is make America great again. Let's go back to a time when it was great, meaning you know, 1950 or 1920 or 1850, back when things weren't fucking great for most of America or for many of America. It was great for most of America mm-hmm. because most of America was even white, wider than it is now. Right. Well, and typically when people go to vote, they look at the values for which a politician stands yes. and vote with the person who aligns with their values. And it, where does Donald Trump stand on anything? It's whoever told him something last. That's what he believes. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to know actually what he stands for. He's been all over the place his whole life. So they just voted for someone who uh, ratcheted up their fears and said, I can answer all of your problems. And it's also this romanticism for, for a guy who's a billionaire. Oh, he built a business. You heard the same kind of bullshit yeah. when Ross Perot ran. Mm-hmm. That, oh, he's going to run the government like a business. Well, dick, the government's not a business. <laughs> it doesn't equate. Anyway, yeah. Jonathan, thank you for the call. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate talking with you guys. I think, Jesse, you bring a great... Uh, viewpoint, uh, especially from someone that comes from a conservative point point of view at one point in time in your life. Brittany, you bring a very analytical point of view. I think you guys are great. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. I think we'll take two more calls. What do you think? Perfect, yeah. Two more calls, everybody. Oh, and here we go. Los Angeles. Oh, nice. Thanks for calling. Um, Who is this and from where are you calling? Hi, my name is Gary and I'm from Los Angeles, California. 
What's your name again? Ascari. Ascari. Okay. How can we help you? I um I also agree with what he said as well because I feel like I feel like ever since Obama ever like from since from the time that Obama got elected so at the end of the pres- presidency I feel like they also were the I feel like the Repu- the Republicans <laughs> I'm just saying this out of fun I feel like they were they were they were definitely showing the true colors and then once the orange Cheeto got in it kind of felt it was like a whole cult. Of yeah, just hateful, crazy people. It uh, it is it is shocking to me that more people aren't tuning into that, and it's not like I have some radar for racism or radar for bias or bigotry. Um, it's it just seems so fucking apparent to me that that's what it is. That the day of of Barack Obama's inauguration. In 2009, Mitch McConnell and all these, John Boehner, all these different characters, um, they had a little secret meeting. And how are we going to undermine this president? And that's when they started the campaign. Look, it's so clear I don't understand why it's not talked about more. um, Because I think it would put things in perspective of what's happening now and why they've jerked so far to the other side. That's true. Yeah, we appreciate the call, Scary. Hey, no problem. And I also feel like, and I also feel like it's also sad because uh, some people who are supposed to be representing the people, and yet they have so much rape, they have so much hatred in their heart. I feel like they should never be in an office at all. I I agree with you, very much. All right, have a good, happy uh, St. Patrick's Day. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I love your show, and I love you and Brittany a lot. Well, we we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. How can you how can you go wrong with with people giving you some love? Uh, you just can't. <laughs> you can't do you it. You can't go wrong with that. I also told him to have a good, happy <laughs> I know. St. Patrick's Day. It made me giggle. A little. I hope your happy St. Patrick's Day <laughs> is very good. <laughs> what a moron! Oh, <laughs> it happens. It happens. It's okay. All right, YouTube audience. One more call. And then we're going to call Who this. Who is it going to be? Should we do one or two more? Well, don't ask me that. All right. That kind of puts you on the spot, yes. right? Yes. Because then if you say one, then you look like a dick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but then that also says what I want the answer to be. Uh-oh. Oh. We'll do one more. <laughs> we'll do one more. We'll give it another five minutes or so. I think we're going to do this more often. I, I really like this. I think it's... Uh... Yeah, so it's a bummer for all the people that were um, trying to call and get through and uh, were they were unable to, and sorry about that. Um, I well, think think when it first started, there was kind of a flood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, the problem is is that we're a two-man operation. Yes. We're a, a one-man and a one-laid operation. Exactly. And I don't have a, a producer to screen calls and have a queue of calls. I mean, there's technology to do that. Yeah. But it's just us with a Google Voice number. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? We're doing the best we can, everybody. <laughs> Yeehaw! Just trying to get the technology worked out. Thank you for calling. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hey, Jesse. How you doing? This is Charles from Atlanta. Charles from Atlanta. Thanks for calling. Hi, Charles. Yeah. Hey, how how you doing? Uh, look, man, I'm a I'm a first time caller. I really like you know the videos you be putting out. You put a 
you put a good quality content out there, man, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, you pretty much come with things from a common sense perspective. I okay, uh, I try. <laughs> nah, man, you're pretty much on point. Uh, here's my thing. Uh, the alt-right, uh, mainstream media pretty much basically started, you know, latched on to this name. And it's like, did everybody forget where the alt-right, you know, where that term came from and who these people really are? And it seems like that's now when you think about the alt-right, you think about the Republican Party. And I wanted to know, how do you feel about that? And I also have another question for you, too, after you answer that. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I, 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 I'm, I don't want to glean something from your question that's not being asked, but I think what you're what you're getting at is that why are they being called alt-right rather than like white supremacist? Is that kind of what you're, exactly. what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, even in videos that I do, I, when I talk about alt-right, I say white supremacist, white nationalist, alt-right. I, I use several terms at once to really let no, people know what I'm talking about. Because if you, if you consider yourself alt-right, you are a white separatist, a white nationalist, a white supremacist. You're a fucking racist. So I, I agree with you. So I can't answer for the media. I don't know. Um, but for personally, I absolutely use descriptors that are accurate to describe the movement because that is exactly what it is. Well, that's, that's the one thing that I appreciate that you do in your content. Okay. Uh, here's, Here's my thing. The alt-right, when they mention that and, you know, he gets the support from these dog whistles that come from Donald Trump and everybody know how much of an a-hole he is. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's like the Republican Party that used to have decent morals and standards and everything, it, it's like that's, that's gone. Yeah. Do you agree with that or, or no? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, uh, largely, um, the Republican Party has allowed themselves to be overtaken by the the outer fringe of of you know of that conservative side of the movement of the Richard Spencer types, the the Steve Bannon types, the Stephen Miller types, and uh, Jared Taylor too. Yeah, Jared Taylor, right? I mean, he's a little bit more of the fringe because he's. He's more out. Uh, he doesn't use the code words. He's more of, of kind of aligned with David Duke, who just says it like he feels it and doesn't try to to put any candy coating on it like Richard Spencer does. Um, he, well, right. But see, here's the thing that we have uh, that then manifested from the types of Jared Taylor. Uh, one of one of his biggest fans is Dylan Roof. Yeah. Sure. And, 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 you know, and now Dylan Roof's sister just got arrested, you know, for saying some things. And it was like, okay, the media doesn't say anything about this family, per se. Whereas uh, when when the guy died in Baltimore, you know, they immediately, you know, CNN put uh, Freddie Gray, CNN Freddie Gray, put right. his mother on trial. And it was like, what the hell does her having been an addict? before got anything to do with him getting killed yeah no i listen i i there are problematic elements within our media and um 
what we need to do as a public is just hold them accountable and, and keep talking about this. And it's, you know, it, it's not, there is no uh, panacea. There is no overnight cure, but through conversations like this, things will eventually get better. So we appreciate the call very much, Charles. Right, right. And I, I, I appreciate you, man. And I hope you keep putting that content out there that's full of facts. And don't put no cut on it, man. I like what you're doing. All right. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, yeah, I, I'm already on my green beer. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. That is a perfect way to end the show. Perfect. We appreciate everybody there in the in the YouTube live stream, everybody who called. Um, we want to do more of these. If you're not subscribed to the podcast which is an audio podcast like all other podcasts. <laughs> you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music or Stitcher. There's a ton of ways to subscribe through a podcatcher on your smartphone. Uh, it's I Doubt It with Dollamore. You can go to dollamore.com. There's buttons there of how to subscribe. If you like what we do, you want to support the work we do here, help us move the conversation forward. Help us produce the show. To reach the audience that we do, you can do that through Patreon, which is a a monthly, it's kind of like a GoFundMe, but mm-hmm. on a monthly Kickstarter kind of a thing, but on a monthly basis, right. you can give as little as a dollar a month, Yep. and every little bit goes a long way toward helping us do what we do here with the videos and the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, go to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore, or easier is dollamore.com slash patreon there you go just that easy Mm -hmm. we are gonna go once again for those of you who are subscribed to the podcast if you want to sound off leave a voicemail leave a voice memo at 657-464-7609 of course you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com we love you we appreciate you and we will see you next time for Brittany page I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.